This week on the show, USPS is at it once again with the rate increases. Amazon is going to trial a return fee, and a user has a radical suggestion for eBay. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to episode number 195 of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. We're bringing you all the reselling news that's fit to podcast about, I guess, and a couple of what sold items at the back end. It was a uh, if you follow me over again on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks, it was a pretty mediocre week last week. I was down about 40% in transaction volume from the week before, so pretty disappointing. Uh, all things considered, I guess I can't complain. As I said in that post over on Instagram, it can't be your best week ever every single week, but that was a little... Uh, Man, that was a little rough to swallow. <laughs> uh, hopefully you had a better week. And with that out of the way, uh, let's get into this news. News updates. The gift that keeps on giving the United States Postal Service has announced once again that they will be raising rates in July. Uh, I've talked about this on numerous shows in the past where I've made some changes I'm going to talk about some additional changes I'm going to be making due to the fact that USPS is now changing rates to, or depending on how you count their seasonal adjustments in the fourth quarter, three times per year. They have just announced that they have submitted for approval their next set of rate increases. This article over on e-commerce bites, which I of course will link to in the show notes and the video description below highlights that the United States Postal Service will raise rates in July, citing inflation and a, quote, previously defective pricing model. The Postal Regulatory Commission will review the rates, which, if approved, would raise first-class mail by approximately 5.4% since it last raised rates back in July. Rates for media mail and library mail will rise by 7.4%. Money orders are going to go up 157 and a P.O. box will increase by 4.2% because uh, USPS now raises those rates twice a year. Those percentages, of course, don't show the full impact of rate changes. There are only six-month comparisons, not year over year. For example, they say the cost of a stamp will rise 4.8%. From $0.63 cents to $0.66, cents, but last year, USPS raised the cost of the stamp from 58 to 60 back on July 10th, meaning the new price is a 10% increase year over year. In July of 2023, it will cost nearly 14% more to mail a letter compared to the cost in June of 2022. This is not lost, they point out, uh, on marketplace sellers that a rise in shipping is a rise in in their fees on eBay and Etsy, which factor shipping costs into their selling fees. So not only are you getting hit with whatever it is, a five, six, eight percent increase in postage charges, eBay and Etsy and Mercari soon also collect their fees based on the price of the item plus shipping. So you're going to pay an extra whatever the percentage is, 13, 14, 15 percent of that new higher price. So the margins are being eroded kind of from both ends. 
Uh, USPS is restricted by how much it can raise market dominant rates, though this article says not as much as they used to be. And they noted in today's filing that the governors of the U.S. Postal Service used virtually all of the pricing authority available to it. When I looked at the table, which there is a link to in this article, uh, they used all but like one tenth of one percent <laughs> uh, of their available maximum uh, price increase. So it's a pretty hefty jump. They also noted that first-class mail is the highest revenue-generating mail class, accounting for $24.2 billion, or 30.7% of the total revenue for the Postal Service in fiscal year 2022. As it had last year, the USPS filed its July prices for market-dominant services first. Look for the other shoe to drop next month when the USPS will announce higher rates for competitive service, which includes priority mail and first-class package service. Those are to be renamed to USPS Ground Advantage beginning on July 9th. Uh, These new rates will all take effect on July 9th, and you can find details on the website. This article also points out that the USPS actually raises rates three times a year due to the October through January temporary surcharge, which is then almost immediately followed by the January increase. So you've got (laughs) just increase after increase after increase here. Uh, For those of you who are media sellers, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I just pulled up on the screen a Excel spreadsheet which shows what the change is going to be. The one pound rate, which is a lot of media, uh, CDs, DVDs, uh, many, many books would fall under one pound. The current rate is $3.65 effective if this price increase is approved. In July, that cost is going to go to $3.92. The two-pound rate is currently $4.35. That's going to $4.67. The three-pound rate is currently $5.05. It's going to $5.42 and so on. So a pretty massive increase again on the heels of one that is not even four months old at this point. This one's a couple of months away, so you've got some time to prepare for it. I I can tell you what my preparation is going to look like. Um, I was out after kind of getting prepared for this episode on one of my daily five-mile walks and ruminating about what I was going to do. I currently have maybe 2,500 kind of older legacy listings, if you will, of things that I listed when I was still doing free shipping. Uh, What I intend to do uh, prior to this price increase going into effect is I'm going to move all of those items into my customer paid shipping business policy. So I won't have any free shipping items left on eBay at all. It just doesn't make sense. I've got stuff listed there. CDs that were listed for $5 or whatever when uh, a four ounce shipment on media mail could go out for $2.75. It's now going to be almost $4, which obviously just doesn't make financial sense. So I'm going to be transferring all of my listings that are currently free shipping into customer paid shipping. If you're watching on YouTube and you'd like to leave me a comment what you're going to do in preparation for this price increase, please do so. Down below, if you're listening to the pod, you can, as always, email me at galaxycds at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me on Instagram at galaxycdsrocks, and let me know what you think um, of of this price increase generally. (laughs) Although I think I know what your answer will probably be to that, uh, or and or how you intend to react to it. So uh, the hits just keep coming. Everything's going up, up, and up, and USPS is no stranger to those price increases. 
Moving over to eBay, a radical proposition to eBay feedback. This article is also on e-commerce bites. Do you think selling on eBay would be better if buyers couldn't leave sellers negative feedback or any feedback at all? Some sellers firmly believe that the playing field became tilted after eBay stopped allowing sellers to leave negative feedback for buyers, but continued to allow buyers to leave negatives for sellers, believing it leads to bad behavior, including feedback extortion. I've only had that happen twice in about 16,000 transactions, and eBay was very quick to step in both times and handle the situation, but I know this is a, it is a problem. I understand also why eBay got rid of negative feedback from sellers because it can be used kind of in a retaliatory way, which is also no good. So I get why they do it. The usual request this article notes heard from sellers is to go back to letting sellers leave negative feedback for buyers. But during Wednesday's chat session, an eBay seller had a different idea. Do away with feedback all together. From time to time on the seller forum, a seller will start a thread asking for the ability for sellers to be able to leave negative feedback be reestablished for sellers, no matter how much explaining that this is a very bad idea and certainly a bad, poor, rather, business practice. They seem passionate about it for whatever reason they may have. I do understand the passion, just not their reasoning, they went on. But there is something, again, I bring up at every meeting I get invited to, and I'm always told it's a great idea, but there it lies. Year after year, most, if not all, sites like or similar to eBay have stopped having buyer feedback altogether. I actually disagree with that statement because Mercari, the feedback system is central to how sellers get paid. There has to be feedback, whether it be from the actual buyer or automated after three days have passed, but it's central to how they process payments. Etsy has their star seller program based on buyer feedback. So uh, Amazon has their their sort of feedback. So I, I'm not sure where this particular <laughs> notion is coming from that the sites have stopped having buyer feedback. I don't see that, but nonetheless, they continue. So many issues would be solved if eBay implemented this too. I know it would take a bit of getting used to by the buyers, but they will be fine. I don't know necessarily that it would really take a lot of feet of, of adjustment from the buyers because I probably only get feedback from buyers on maybe 30 or 35% of my transactions. Um, I don't, I don't have anywhere near as many feedback as I have orders. I think I've got 7,000 maybe feedback and I've done well over 16,000 orders. So I don't know that that would be a significant adjustment for most buyers to not leave feedback. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave me a comment down below what you're, what you think of this potential proposal. It sounds like it's been thrown out there before and that eBay has historically not done anything with it, but it is out there. Uh, this also would be a good place to remind you if you are not a subscriber to the show or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that. And if you're getting some value out of anything in this mess of a podcast, uh, please consider, if you're watching on YouTube, hitting that thumbs up button. Continuing on with eBay, they have expand ads on search result pages. Last week, we talked about how they're revising the item listing page to give more of your information and less ads on that space. But now they have announced that they're expanding the real estate it devotes to ads on search result pages, which it officially announced on Tuesday. In addition to the top slots of search, 
Promoted listings, advanced beta ads can now appear in three additional premium placements on the search results page. You may have noticed if you're a seller over on eBay, they have been running a promotion. I don't know if it's for everyone or by invite only to select sellers, but they are running another, I think it's 50% off your program if you run uh, the, whatever they call it, the advanced beta where you pay per click, not per purchase. So do with that what you will, but they are definitely providing a premium service with that. Promoted listing standards ads will also appear in the same advanced slots in addition to other places on and off eBay. However, eBay explained that promoted listings advanced beta ads will continue to have preferred access to premium placements over promoted listings standards ads. So if you're not paying for the promoted with with the per click payment up front, your Promoted listings are not necessarily going to get into the premium spots. Uh, They note it's easy to forget the difference between those two programs. Promoted listing standard solution is a cost per sale. You only pay when your promoted item sells. Promoted listing advanced beta is, again, cost per click. You pay for clicks regardless of whether someone buys from you. That is the program that many advertisers run. That's essentially what uh, Etsy runs in their ads. You're paying for clicks not necessarily for purchases. And if you don't manage that properly, it can get very expensive very, very quickly. So uh, again, let me know in the comments, are you using either of the promotions? Uh, I started several months ago. I did a whole podcast episode, I think, on promoted listing standards. I continue to run everything at 5% and it continues to be about, on any given day, 60% of my sales are promoted. So Again, do what you will with that information. Amazon uh, is in the news uh, for a couple of different things here. This article is over on the street. They face a mind-boggling dilemma and why it is bad for you. The e-commerce giant is walking a fine line between appeasing customers and actually making money. We have been talking for months on this show about how Amazon is making making changes to what they're doing and they're kind of squeezing their third-party sellers to try to get every last drop of income they can out of them because there's a lot of pressure on the company to actually really start making some money. Uh, Lena Khan is no fan of Amazon. In 2018, as a law student at Yale University, she authored an influential paper paper that called for greater antitrust regulation of the e-commerce giant. Her main argument was that Amazon does not behave rationally. While most publicly traded companies want to generate profits, Amazon, her proposition was, they do the opposite. They're willing to lose a lot of money in pursuit of growth. And that is true, especially early on. Amazon bled cash for tens of years before they really started to even show a modest profit in the the quest to become the behemoth that they have become. They wanted to be the biggest player in the e-commerce space. They wanted to reshape traditional retail. They were willing to lose money, a lot of money, for a very long time to do that, and they have been very successful at it. Now, the shift is on to actually start making money. For this reason, Khan, the article points out, who now chairs the Federal Trade Commission and members of Congress have suggested that Amazon should be broken up. After all, how can you compete against a rapidly growing company that doesn't care about making money? This writer poses the question, but here's why such arguments are increasingly moot. She says mute, but I think she meant moot. The Amazon she describes in her Yale paper no longer exists. The company has significantly retreated from its original modus operandi of spending what it takes to win over customers. Instead, the Amazon of today talks of financial discipline, cutting costs, hence the 
tens of thousands of layoffs that we've talked about over the last few episodes, boosting profit margins and financial returns. The hyperactive, eager-to-please teenager has morphed into something that resembles a middle-aged bifocals wearing soccer mom. (laughs) Worried about her 401k. Change is always around the corner, CEO Andy Jassy said in the company's most recent annual letter. Sometimes you proactively invite it in, and sometimes it just comes a-knocking, but when you see it coming, you have to embrace it. For customers, used to getting everything and anything from Amazon for an insanely low price, the change Jesse described is likely to be unsettling. Shoppers can expect to see a company charge more for products and services or even eliminate them altogether if they don't deliver the profits that Amazon wants. The company last year raised Amazon Prime prices nearly 15% to $139.00. Uh, from 119, this article says per month. That's wrong. That's per year. So, <laughs> uh, in January, the retailer said shoppers will now sp- need to spend at least $135 on groceries to receive free home delivery within a two-hour window. The previous minimum order was $35. So, on and on, Amazon is either restructuring or repricing their goods and services in an attempt to make money. They also, as we talked about last week, shut down the book depository. In addition to that, they've shut down fabric.com. We talked about two or three episodes, the shutdown of a digital photo review. So uh, they continue to just slash away at things that they don't feel are bringing them profit. Amazon was founded in 1994 to sell books over the internet. There is a really interesting article, which I'm not going to cover in today's show, about the resurgence of Barnes & Noble as Amazon has lost focus on selling books, even though they're still the largest bookseller by probably a couple of orders of magnitude. There has been a resurgence of independent bookstores and large Barnes & Noble being really the only big one still remaining. So there are starting to be some chinks in that armor as well. They forged their own way, this article says, to measure success. We first measure ourselves in terms of the metrics most indicative of our market leadership, customer and revenue growth. That's what they were after. He wrote, Bezos wrote that in his first letter to shareholders, the degree to which our customers continue to purchase from us on a repeat basis and the strength of our brand. We have invested and will continue to invest aggressively to expand and leverage our customer base, brand and infrastructure as we move to establish an enduring franchise. They have now successfully done that. I Probably the majority of people have or regularly purchase from Amazon. Now they're publicly traded and they need to start making money. They quickly move on from things that don't make money. They built their own smartphone, which flopped. They got rid of that. Uh, they are very, very strong in cloud computing with Amazon Web Services, as we've talked about. So Amazon, again, facing pressure kind of from all sides. One of the things that they're doing, as we talked about in the outset, is charging a new fee for returns. The We talked about this either last episode or two episodes ago that the free online returns thing was probably going to be going away. During this news, Amazon, once the king of free returns, said they're testing the waters of charging for them. It's not universal. Not yet, but if you choose to drop off an Amazon-purchased item at a UPS store, you could be charged a $1 fee. Amazon, almost exclusively, when I've returned things, recommends that I go to the UPS store. So them to send me there and then charge me a fee for that, I am not sure how I feel about that. Uh, This article, which is on Axios, says the... 
consumers should expect more retailers to give up on free online returns because of how much the stores lose on those products, said Babson College professor and retail expert Lauren Biedelspacher. Uh, I hope I said that right, if she's watching. (laughs) Uh, Returns accounted for $816 billion in lost sales, or 17% of total sales in 2022, which was up from 11% back in 2020. So look at your return rate uh, on on eBay or whatever and compare that to the national average of 17%. You can let me know again in the comments if you're watching on YouTube how yours compares. Mine currently is like 0.54%. So mine is very, very low. I know if you sell clothing and things like that, your return rate is probably quite a bit higher. Uh, 17% is a backbreaking number. Uh, I don't know how a small reseller would be able to handle getting that much stuff back. They say when you buy online, it has to go back to the fulfillment center, back through distribution center, back into inventory. And honestly, the chance of it being resold are very small. It's not sustainable for retailers. And that is true. That's where all these big pallets of unsold merchandise come from. Those are returns that the package was damaged or whatever. Amazon cannot sell that really to a new customer. So they package them off and sell them by the pallet and resellers like us buy them. And then we resell those items. So this article points out that Kohl's, for instance, has stopped covering return shipping costs. However, the temptation to maintain a free returns policy is powerful because of its allure as a marketing tool. Many stores are still offering free returns and Amazon itself continues to offer free returns at Whole Foods Market, Amazon Fresh Stores, Amazon Hub Locker locations and Kohl's stores nationwide. So again, trialing ways to, in this case, save money on their otherwise very generous return policy. I've never had an instance where Amazon refused to take something back. So uh, there you go. With all that news out of the way, uh, let's look at just a handful of items that have sold in what was otherwise a very slow week here at the Galaxy. I think I've only got four things in this segment. So this is going to be uh, fairly quick and dirty. This first item, this was an interesting one. So the book is Duplex Condominium and Multi-Unit Home Plans by Garling House. This was an illustrated kind of a trade paperback from 1982. These were in a big lot of books I own for about 15 or 16 cents a piece. This sold for $26.99 plus customer paid media mail shipping. So pretty nice flip. The day prior to this selling, I had a, a person that reached out to me, sent me a message. They were trying to make an offer, and they were getting caught up in my auto decline, and they offered me $15 for this item. I sent a message back saying my lowest acceptable price for this item would be $22. That person responded that they would give me $22 if I did free shipping. Well, as the math worked out, if I did $22 with free shipping, I would actually be making less money than if I sold it to him at his original price plus shipping. (laughs) Uh, So I said, no, thanks. And I blocked him. (laughs) Uh, Again, if you're watching on YouTube, let me know. What would you do in that situation? Uh, I certainly was not going to sell it to the guy. Maybe it was a bit a step too far to block the guy. But I figured if we even did agree on a price, it was going to end up being a neutral or negative feedback. And I just didn't want to deal with the hassle. So I blocked him, and the next day I sold it for full price. So I guess the moral of the story is all's well that ends well. This next item, an old microphone. I picked up a couple of these at a garage sale 
probably two years ago, their Tiesco DM106 vintage dynamic microphones. They were called the Hi Mic. They were in their box. I had no way to test them, so they were sold as as is for parts or repair only. They were fairly unusual microphones. I had them listed for $49.99 or best offer. I sold one of them a while ago for, I think, about $42. I've had this thing for so long. I had a customer that reached out and asked if I would take $30 plus shipping on this thing. I own these for like 2 bucks a piece, so I went ahead and sold this last one for $30 plus uh, USPS priority mail shipping. So Tiesco Mike, not even tested. Don't know if it works. The guy got it. He left me great feedback. So again, all's well that ends well. First item over on Etsy. I mentioned a few weeks ago that Etsy had rolled out a offer program where customers could reach out to you with an offer. And I decided to go ahead and try that. And up until this particular item, I had not actually received any offers. I'm going to say, and I have already reached out to Etsy about this, their offer system is overly complicated for both the seller and the buyer. So what happens is the seller or the buyer rather essentially sends a message saying that they would like to purchase this item for price X. There is no way in that message for the seller to actually just accept that offer. You have to respond to the buyer, potential buyer, with your price. If you agree with their price, you have to send their own offer price back to them. And at that point, the buyer has to click a link that also shows up in that reply email. If they don't, they buy the item, but they don't get the offer price. It's way too complicated for folks. This person reached out to me with an offer on this book, The Changing of the Guard, a novel by John Scholl. It was a 1963 first printing hardcover. I had it listed for $34.99. It was currently on sale for 10% off, which made it, I think, $31.49. He sent me a message offering me $28, which I tried to accept, but he didn't click the link, and he bought the item for $31.49. I went through a rather lengthy but positive experience chat with an online representative from Etsy trying to figure out what happened here. Did the offer not work or what, what the situation was? And as it turned out, they were able to identify that he had not clicked the link in my response message, and that's why he didn't get the offer price. I gave him a partial refund and refunded him the difference, whatever it was, $3.50, and moved on with life. But it is, uh, again, if you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment, or you can send me an email, galaxycds at gmail.com. If you're on Etsy and you've had any offers from potential buyers, how has that process worked for you? It has, I've only had just the one, but it was a mess. (laughs) Uh, But nonetheless, this is a book that I own for 15 cents that I sold for $28 plus customer paid media mail shipping. And this is the last item for this week's show, an HSH Universal Test Lead, part number 699. It's in a pouch, had a 56-inch long cable and interchangeable tips. This is part of my brother's consignment lot from his warehouse. So I'm... I've sold enough of his stuff now that I'm down to paying him 25% of whatever we get. I had this thing listed for $49.99 plus shipping. I received an offer of $38, which I went ahead and took. So not a bad sale for an item that I don't know if it even works. There were several test leads and battery testers and whatnot in that big lot, all of which have sold and all of which have brought reasonably good money. So those might be things to kind of be on the lookout 
people seem to be willing to take a chance on them, whether you know if they're working or not. And that, unfortunately, is about it. Uh, like I said, only 60-odd sales last week, way, way off from the week previous, and only a handful of things really in that $20, $25 plus range, which we've covered all here today. So hopefully you have had a better week out there than I had, at least from a sales standpoint. Other than that, I had a fantastic week. <laughs> uh, the weather here in the greater Cincinnati area has been sunny and 70 to 80 degrees for the last eight days in a row. I've got my five-mile walk in eight days in a row, so I've done over 40 miles uh, with a little extra tenth here and there in the last eight days, and it has improved my mood tremendously. So, Hopefully this finds you well. As always, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me here at the Galaxy. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.